Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Brady Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> Hello, welcome Jack and Andre to Movies, Movies, Movies. How's it going? Good morning. So good. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you both here. 10, 15, getting a little bit of a late start on. That's okay. It's a, that kind of day today, it isn't raining. it? Mm-hmm. It's a sleeping, cozy... Oh, if you're in bed right now, I'm so jealous. Yes. Stick in bed and stay listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. We've got so much good stuff coming up for you, including reviews of Island of Hungry Ghost. Mm-hmm. And also Destroyer. That's yeah, right. That's right. Did we talk about Destroyer last week? We, we did. did. We gave we? away tickets we to did. it. We did. We and now did we've got too. the gossip on what, on what it is. And how <laughs> <big> it is. <laughs> now we're <laughs> evaluating it. <laughs> I think the reason why we're late today is because we've got some breaking news this morning that we just can't wait to share. Yeah. Can oh. we dive into it? That's so exciting. Let's get into it. Movie news. <laughs> the discreet cough, Jack. <laughs> we were obsessed with Pose last year, uh, the Ryan Murphy show about the Vogue scene in New York City in the 80s. And there are all these details that have been released about what season two is going to hold. The season's going to start with the release of Vogue by Madonna. Could potentially feature some Madonna in the show. We don't know. Ryan Murphy is friends with Madonna. Sandra Bernard's going to co-star and become a series regular. Bette Midler, Judith Light. Through all these hot things. Janet Mock's going to come back in the directing chair. And we just think that this season's going to be extra good as the last one. I'm so excited. I think Billy Porter's going to direct an episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was confirmed, wasn't it? It's mm. going to be amazing. I feel like Ryan Murphy holds these sort of Steve Jobs-style conferences now to release these things. Is Ryan Murphy the new Steve Jobs? Wow, I love that thesis. Um, also star of, well not star really kind of like an extra really in Pose Trace mm-hmm. Lizette is going to be shooting a new film with Cardi B in the place, the strip club she used to work in. There's a film called Hustlers it's also going to star J-Lo and Julia Stiles respectively and I, it's, like, it's billed as like a stripper revenge film. Mm-hmm. I'm never be more excited for a film like this. Like, truly, this is truly, the kind of bubblegum I want. We've all been waiting for Cardi B's feature film debut and it's going to happen I think. You just know that raw talent's going to be sort of Amazing on screen. We just gave away. Let tic- it out. We just gave away tickets to us, which has just smashed Bo Records in America. Seventy million on its opening weekend, which is the the biggest opening for an original horror film ever. And that's an amazing Bo. The third, <laughs> the third biggest <laughs> opening for a horror film after it and Halloween. And apparently, for because everything is a sequel these days, this is an original written film, and this is the second biggest opening of an original live action film since Avatar. So, Brady, James Cameron, what are you thinking, Brady? Wow. Mm. Uh, well, I'm going to go see it on Friday. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Got mm. your Groupon. Yeah, I've got my Groupon ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else happening in movie news? And then in more in, in even gayer news, uh, <laughs> we have some gossip on the film Can You Ever Forgive Me which starred Melissa McCarthy the ca- Can You Even Remember It Can You Even Remember It Truly Truly Julianne Moore was set to star in the film and she appeared on Andy Cohen's talk show what's it called What Will Happen Next What Will Happen Here Look What Happens Live she revealed that she was uh, tipped to star in the film and wanted to wear a fat suit and a prosthetic nose she was order. going for an Oscar she was going for that Oscar and she was fired from the film <gasps> straight up fired and she wasn't even embarrassed to admit it she just uh, flat out said yeah I was supposed to be in that film and I got fired because there were all these creative differences and then they hired Melissa McCarthy which I feel like is more authentic casting yeah and then Julian went in to do Gloria which is apparently really good Gloria Bell I'm mm. really excited to see it the with sub- our favourite the Sebastian Lillia remake 
There you go. I hope you got something Captured out of all of that. All of that. Uh, how was that? Have you got some little dot points in your notes <laughs> in bed <laughs> for things to look up later? Uh, if you're in bed right now, I hope you have a bowl of cold pasta in the fridge. You can go oh, and heat up. Oh, Brady knows on. how to watch movies. Big slice of epic pizza. When we come back, we're doing two reviews. This is Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. The locals make their offerings to those who have died. Those who have lost their lives in the island and the oceans surrounding. The wandering spirits. The hungry ghosts. Very spooky intro for the island of hungry ghosts. Indeed. Andre, you're going to be reviewing this film. Tell us a little bit about it, will you? Okay, ya? so you, have, you haven't seen an ethereal fable about Christmas Island until you've seen the new film Island of Hungry Ghosts. Because in our post-Louis Theroux Cinemascape, you really see impactful art films about asylum seekers that just aren't virtue signaling for Oscars. But Island of Hungry Ghosts is the alt. It's a dreamy fable showing animals, nature, and a real-life human crisis connecting in an incantation of haunting images. A social worker lives on the island and tends to the prisoner victims every day. Her patients discuss brutal prison life while outside thousands of Scorsese red crabs migrate across the island, basically paralleling misplacement of people with how we treat little creatures. You wouldn't believe this could be a documentary, so delicate each idea and carefully fashion each image. I guess that's the definition of a hybrid documentary, manicured truth. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that line. But Ghosts is a heavenly movie about living in hell. Did I just love this movie because I'm a cancer and it's about crabs, Jack? The film is showing tomorrow night at Golden Age Cinema. Chime in. Yeah, this film is really, really beautiful and stays with you and it's just heartbreaking. It really is about how... I guess the the secrecy act that the government put in place where, you know, anyone working on Christmas Island couldn't report back. And if they did, they would face two years in jail. So she's just unable to continue her job. It's about a psychologist talking Mm. to refugees and sort of reassuring them. But she sort of gets to a point where she's like, I can't reassure you if you're in indefinite detention and you're just going to get worse. And then basically all of her patients just start to be transferred and there's nothing she can do. She can't find out any information about it. And she's just trying to kind of look after her kids. You, you, you also find out about the communities that live on Christmas Island. Yeah. Which you, wouldn't, you don't even know about. I mean, it, it's I've never seen Christmas Island apart from like in the news and the detention centre. And it's actually such a rugged and beautiful rainforest. Covered in crabs. Covered in, in crabs. crabs. Covered in red crabs. This is uh, Island of Hungry Ghosts we're talking about for two reviews. Tell me a little bit about the director bef- behind this movie. Have they done anything else? So Gabrielle uh, adapted or she turned the film into what it is today from a shorter film that came out in 2017. And I believe that she spent four years developing the film on the island. And uh, I mean, it'd be really interesting to find out. Maybe we can try and get an interview with them. I actually, would love that. We to should talk about. Uh, I don't know, like, where, where do you like? Do you have to live on Christmas Island? And if so, do you want that? Like, is it even? I know. Is it even functioning amenities? on Christmas Island or is it just a prison? And the point of view definitely talks to the mystery of it. I mean, there's so much talk of spirits and ghosts and the culture of not knowing and I think that speaks more to what's going on there. Like, we don't... It's so hard to know. One last thing. This film is shown in documentary sections at film festivals, but it's not really a documentary. It's more yeah, it's like written a, and directed by her. And it's it's got lots of factual elements, but it's very mystical. So, yeah. Island of Hungry Ghosts in a word? Ooh, I want to say... Mm, Deeply, deeply mystical. Really cliche and say haunting. Very haunting. <laughs> uh, Jack, you are going to be reviewing Destroyer. 
I'm not good. I'm the one who's bad. It's not you. All right. Haunting again. Haunting again, but a bit more brutal. Um, as always, Nicole Kidman is kicking the 70s up a gear. Her passion for taking risks and starring in auteur works has brought her into a seemingly never-ending career renaissance, and Destroyer matches her carpe diem acting style. Uh, Corin Kusama discovered Michelle Rodriguez back in the day in Girl Fight and then made Aeon Flux and Jennifer's Body. She has this like gritty Hollywood sensibility and a passion for women who kick ass and fight with their demons. In the slow and furious destroyer, time has worn down on Nicole. She looks so different. Her makeup is kind of insane. She's a cop grappling with her conscience and a quest for revenge that takes her on a brutal, thankless, sleepless voyage through LA, including a scene where she beats the shit out of the evil dad from Get Out. This is deep bro filmmaking made by and starring women. Anti-heroes, redemption, violence, love, a death. Nicole's battered body charges and limps its way through hell. Every scene peels onto the floor like mouldy wallpaper and fits itself back together by the end, coming full circle. Look, it does overestimate its poignancy a little bit, but not its moral depth. The film circles around her past and her present to give context, to justify her bloodlust. Kusama and Kidman are carving out a more like carving out more cinematic space for women's rage. Mm. Yeah, we talked about this film a little bit last week, and you told me that Nicole Kidman doesn't look like Nicole Kidman. Is this is this who plays Nicole Kidman? Is this her? That right? is yeah, her. that's, that's her. her. She oh is actually Julianne Moore in prosthetics, playing Nicole Kidman, playing a role. <laughs> Let's give a description. She has a face that looks like cracked, dry desert, uh, in desperate need of sorbeline, just completely aged, grey like, hair. Yeah, and her lips are so dry, they kind of mm. stick out a bit. And also, she has the same wig that Melissa McCarthy wore in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I want to say that this film demonstrates a fabulous new movement of dry skin acting, where it's like rugged, what's happened mm. to them in the past, what trauma have they experienced, because they have very dry skin on their face. But half the film kind of is her is a, is told in flashback. I mean, it jumps across time and it talks about the sting operation she did undercover in this really hectic gang. Mm. And she's very, very beautiful in that. And it's crazy that Nicole Kidman can jump, you know, 30 years in time. Fun fact about the film both. is that it's one of the few films where the actress plays both characters in different periods. So she plays herself. One of the in few her- films. No, but it's true. That, yeah. that, that's what she's talking about, that yeah. she plays her in her 30s and then her in her late 50s. One last thing I wanted to say is, what kind of word are we going to use to describe Nicole Kidman's... Uh, total presence in cinema. Are we calling it a Nicolaissance? Well, people are saying it's a renaissance, but I just think she never went away. It's Ooh. only public opinion that turned on her in her mid midlife. Supporter, and she supporter. was always good. She's was always good. the best actress. So if we can put Nicole Kidman's new movie Destroy It in a word, what would it be? Nicolaissance. I'm sorry, Jack. Ooh. <laughs> uh, furious. When we come back, it's Sydney Spotlight, and we want you to keep texting in what movies scarred you as a kid. To the point that you're still trying to deal with it and cope with it as an adult. Maybe you go to counselling to talk about it. Uh, 0409 945 945. Do you have one, Jack, or just yeah, up your sleeves? I've got two that I watched in one night at my like primary school friend Taylor's house. Anaconda and Jeepers Creepers in one night. Interesting, interesting. I'll reveal mine after the break. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sandy by Rico Nasty. The new one from her. More movies, movies, movies when we return. Rico... Him up. 
song. Catch me in the room, I'm smoking gas. Where the fuck? Spotlight. It's now that time on Movies, 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 where we talk about what's going on around town. Jack and Andre, what's the word? Tell me what's happening. Before we do that, I have to reveal my horror movie from my childhood. <laughs> it was a tie between The Syringe Trap in Saw 3, okay. and also, not even the film, but just the trailer to Gothica, starring Halle Berry oh. and Robert Downey Jr. That movie was freaky. Oh my god, rock me slowly to sleep. So we're talking about Sydney and what's happening in film in Sydney. There is a fabulous Jonas Mecca's tribute night happening at the as part of the Inner West Film Forum at the Petersham Bowling Club. If you don't know, Jonas Mecca's is basically the film lord of forever. He passed away only a few months ago, mm. was a Lithuanian-American film critic who also called himself a filmer, which is basically his way of saying that he wanted to film stuff every single day. On he just his, made Instagram stories like, he made, he with, was, that, with abandon. He was the original Instagram story filmmaker, and basically he has a whole archive of films and film criticism that's amazing and fun mm-hmm. and playful. And his films are being shown at um, the Petersham Bowling Club, including things... Tonight. Tonight, yeah. Including some of his small cuts yeah. of work that date all the way back to the 60s. And, and we're going to be there. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's give some details to, first. Yeah, details, okay, yeah, yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, how do you well, go? How do you get there? So, the bar opens at 7pm. It's the first thing we've got to tell you guys. And uh, you can get different price tickets, $12 concessions. And, well, actually, there's Just actually, go on the Facebook. Join us, make us. In a way, we're going to put all the information on the page. There are so many ways to pay for this. I really want to move on to some more highbrow stuff. Okay. A Star is Born Encore. Okay, fine. We'll <laughs> is showing this week... We just went and saw it on Friday night. Mm. It's basically Bradley Cooper's apology for the atrocious film he released last year. Mm. And he's released it with 12 extra minutes. And he's re-edited some scenes from the back end. And Does added it a bit change more. the whole thing? Like how- it, 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 It's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah oh. it really changes the whole thing. It's so good. The content hasn't really changed, but the themes and the and the execution the has delivery. changed. Can we talk about the my biggest my biggest imprint was that there was a lot of complaints that were made about Star is Born about the depiction of suicide, and I think those problems have been fixed in this new version. They've just been given context. I think there was foreshadowing in this version that there wasn't in the earlier version, and it just didn't make sense. Like none of it made sense. Right. So where is a Star is Born the re? Edit showing. Hoyt's Broadway. All your favourite Hoyt's at the EQ. EQ. <laughs> if, you're a bit, if you're a bit posh toddy, 
called Cinema Central. Ooh la la. But also Event George. You're going to want to check times though because this isn't this isn't getting the same release as an original Star is Born. It's only playing maybe like once or twice every day. I remember when I'd, we saw it, there was like five other people in the cinema. So mm. it really allowed space for us to sing along. And what's it called? How can you make sure that you're not going to the original? It's called A Star is Born Encore. Encore. <laughs> Anything else happening around town we should let the people know about? Oh, just Jack and I just getting geared up for the <laughs> next season of whatever. <laughs> it's that day today. We're going to have a review uh, of us next week. We're going to go see it tomorrow night. Mm. We've been giving away tickets. And also, we're going to have an interview with someone who worked on the film, who's one of our BFFs. Very mm. exciting. And, and it wants, it's won some sort of record. It's broken some sort of... So many records. Place. So yeah. it's, the, uh, it's the biggest opening for an original horror movie ever. I know what you're thinking. It and Halloween made heaps of money, but they're not original. They're they just were cashing re- in on right. your Stranger Things nostalgia. But um, Sorry, Jamie Lee. Can we, we read you. out the text that someone just sent about yeah, the scary absolutely. horror movie? So, uh, first of all, a huge congratulations to Sean, who has won the double pass to go see the premiere screening of Us when it comes out in Australia. We have someone else on the text line saying, when I was 15, my brother made me and my sister at 11 years old watch The Ring. After that, we mm. were so scared, we decided to move our beds into the same room and proceeded to share the same room for two plus years. I'm still so afraid and I can't watch horror movies. Okay, we need mm. a follow-up text. Was it the one set in Seattle or I Japan? I just was thinking that. Are we was talking Naomi Watts or, or are we talking Ringu? Are we talking the original uh-huh. Ring cycle? I, I don't know. know. I can't speak for this person or myself, but The Ring also scared the crap out of me when mm. I was a kid. True, My true, dad true. let me watch it when I was way too young and then I was so afraid after that. But also Signs, I think, really Signs is a good one. Lily, Lily's scared of that too. I uh, told everyone I had seen The Ring, but I was too scared to watch it and I just watched The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Gellar instead. I was just scared to watch any of those films. I just watched the scary movie franchise, which was also scary as well. Yes. Yeah, which was scarier, to be and, honest. And references the films at hand. We've got another one here. Jumanji. That was so scary. I'm still mm. scared by it, especially oh when the kid God, yes. transforms into a monkey. Is <laughs> the soundtrack. And the safari hat guy was scary too. Yeah, films That's were from scarier when we were young. The 90s were scarier. Oh, they fully. took risks with us. Chamber of Secrets, those spiders. Oof. I'm scared. Someone else saying, Earthling scared me 10 years ago. I'm still scared. I think that's okay, the, what's the, Earthling? I think it's about uh, meat, the meat industry. Okay. Possibly. Okay. I'm, yeah. One I'm of our vegan friends. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm going to go, go back to Scary Movie. I think Scary Movie has scary moments. I mean, when I saw Scary Movie 4 and I had those Saw references, I was mm. freaked out by Jigsaw in that. Yeah, the Jigsaw is always scary. Mm. Jigsaw mask. You've been listening to Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI 94.5. It is a podcasted show, which means you can listen back to a bunch of episodes, interviews with amazing filmmakers. Thanks to Jack and Andre. I'll see you guys next week. Fabulous. Enjoy your weeks. Thanks for coming in. And still to come, we're having a look at the psychological impacts of reading your horoscope. At 11.20, here's 17 from Sharon Van Eden. Okay, that's Scary my horror day. movie. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts. Listener.